Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. All right, now it's time to actually wrap up our series called Things Jesus Never Said. These days, it's easy to see life the way that we want to. We can filter our images. We can pick the news that only we want to hear, and we can you know, only listen to the perspectives that we want to hear. And when we do that, we actually distort our view of the world. And the same thing can happen to our view of God. We reshape our perception of Him into what we want to believe about Him or what we want to hear about Him. So Jesus came to bring us the truth about God and His plan for us, and it rarely agrees with what culture is telling you. And to be quite honest, what Jesus says in the Bible sometimes disagrees with what you want to hear, what you want to think. So through this series, we're revealing popular misconceptions and bringing clear truth. I'm not the one delivering the message today. It's actually one of our core leaders here at No Limits, Tim Bell. The Bible tells us that, the, that God gives the church gifts. He gives them people with specific gifts you know, to be of benefit to us. And Tim has the gift of teaching, and it blesses us tremendously every time he brings a message. And if you've heard one of his messages before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If this is your first time hearing Tim, you're in for a real treat. So I'm so thankful to have him as a close friend, and we're blessed to have him here at No Limits. So for part four of things Jesus never said, come on up here, Tim Bell. I think I'm on. There we go. All right. Got to make sure I'm standing in the right spot here, too. (laughs) How am I doing, Dylan? Is that in the right spot? (laughs) All right, real quick here. Let's, uh, if if you wouldn't mind uh, praying with me real quick, because I have to admit with the camera up here, it's a little bit, uh, a little different. I'm used to seeing the people out there, you know, but uh, the camera is like a little weird. So, uh, Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for your provision, and I thank you that uh, that you've anointed me for this word at this point in time, and uh, and that uh, Father, I just receive your wisdom and your utterance, and I thank you, Father, for the open hearts of the people that are watching this in Jesus' name. All right, well, it's kind of fun because uh, I guess we're talking to people uh, all over the place. Maybe my sister's watching in Red River, maybe. Well, I hope so. Well, we are doing things that Jesus never said, all right? Uh, one of the things that Jesus never said was that you get what you deserve, <laughs> all right? Now, that's that's certainly something that you've heard people say as you go. Uh, first, deserve implies that you earn or entitled to something. You, that's what you deserve, right? If If you really want what you deserve without Jesus... It's pretty grim. <laughs> You're not going to get a lot without Jesus. In fact, uh, you know, you'll have no freedom. You'll have no health. You'll have all, all these things that he provides for us. If, however, you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you get everything that Jesus deserved. Woo! Already, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to preach myself happy on that one. You get what Jesus deserved. What did Jesus deserve? Well, he deserved everything, right? All right, as we go forward here, eventually we're going to take communion. Uh, if, if you're online and, uh, or, or here, I think I know most of the folks here, uh, we're going to take communion at the end of this. And uh, if you are not already familiar with with Jesus, and if you're not already in a covenant with him, as we go forward right here, I want you to pay special attention to all of the things, 
all of the benefits. In fact, he actually, the, God says that in his word. He says, oh, not forget not all of the benefits. And so we're going to go through a whole bunch of the benefits. Specifically, however, I want to address things that, are, that you may have nagging issues in your life. And I'm going to actually give you and do the physical tools to address scripturally and overcome with your covenant that you own because you are in sonship with, you, with, with God in a covenant with him, the benefits of that, of that covenant. Uh, so you then are entitled to everything that Jesus gave you, all right? And if you're not familiar with Jesus, I'm going to let you know right here and now. Second, I want uh, one of the things I want you guys to realize, too, that if you're waiting to be good enough to come to church or to exercise the rights of your covenant in the Word, you're, if, if, if you have in your mind the idea that you're not good enough, or that there's something that you do or don't do or, or, or something in your life that you don't feel like you're worthy to come to church, well, guess what? That is a whole bunch of balagna. <laughs> that is not accurate at all. That is not. In fact, one of the things I've learned, I'm, I'm a little uh, older, as you can see, a little bit of gray on, on the rooftop. <laughs> one of my favorite things about God one of the biggest things I've learned in my walk of about 40 years now is that whenever you make a mistake, run to God, not from him. How many times, how many times have you made a mistake and you're trying to hide it? Just like, just like Adam and Eve did in Genesis 3. You try and hide the mistake. I mean, when, when, uh, when, when God came into the garden after uh, Adam and Eve had sinned and he asked where they were, do you really think he didn't know where they were? He didn't know exactly. He knew what happened. When you, when you fall short, when you do something or, or say something or whatever it is, and, and you feel like that that's, you know, wasn't godly, he already knows about it, Right? So uh, what's the point of staying away from him? Why don't you run to him and say, Father, and I've done this. I've actually gotten myself painted into a corner badly enough that I saw no way out. Literally no way out in, in my ability to get out. And I just said, Father, I've, I've really messed this up and I really need you. And then he, he always picks me up and delivers me out of those situations. So you're in the right place right now, listening to the right message right now, because if you have any of those issues in your life, we're going to actually go step by step, and we're going to work out some of those things. Now, third, it makes no difference what you feel, <laughs> all right? Uh, if you're, for instance, suppose you're having problems forgiving somebody, which is completely understandable. Humans are, are not the easiest of the uh, creation to work with. Uh, if you don't feel like you've forgiven somebody, that doesn't matter. Uh, you still have covenant rights once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You still have covenant rights regardless of how you feel. All right, He's almighty, and He's sovereign, and He's holy, and He wants to be in all aspects of your life. He, and He desires just to be with you. Do you understand the significance of that? Jesus came and died specifically so God can be with you and hang with you and enjoy you. Wow. I mean, seriously, 
The creator of all things wants to just hang with me. Now, when he had, you remember, he had a covenant with Abraham. It was not the same level of covenant that we have now. But do you remember uh, in Genesis 18, right before he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, God came down to Abraham and he says, you know, Abraham, dude, I'm about to uh, wipe these cities out. And since you're my covenant partner, I want to know what your take is on that. Do you remember that story? Basically, what happened was uh, Abraham said, dude, what if there's just 20 people in there? He says, okay, then I won't destroy it if there's 20. What if there's just 10? So he got all the way down, uh, and of course, there was nobody righteous in there anyway. The point being, however, is why did God check with Abraham first? I mean, he's God, right? Isn't he super all-powerful, can do anything he wants? He can do anything he wants. And what he did was is he gave you his word that he will partner with you, that he can everything in his Bible is your right to exercise. Now, when he does that, then he is bound by that word. So Abraham was his covenant partner. He came down to Abraham and he dealt with them. And when they were both satisfied with the terms of their agreement, he nuked Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, So you have a lot. Your covenant is even better now. Because when Jesus died, he actually, the blood covered, eradicated all sin, all disease. That's why his name is above all names. Corona is a name. Jesus' name is far above that name. It has to bend its knee to him. And it has to bend his name to you because you're under that covenant. Now, in Galatians 4, 5 through 7, it talks about how we're joint heirs with Christ. I want to wander around. It's, it's really hard to stay in one spot like this. <laughs> okay, now joint heirs. Think about this for a second. What does that mean? All right, now I, I love Pastor Cade, and he can he can he can pretty much ask me for anything, and I'll pretty much because we have a partnership in this church, we have an agreement, we have a covenant of of a partnership in this. Uh, but if Ethan, my son, comes up to me and says I need something, how much more do I care about what my son wants than what Cade wants? <laughs> Right? I mean, let's just, you know, we'll boil it down. If, if Ethan wants anything, he can have it. It's his. Just say it. All right, now that's the beauty of this. If we are joint heirs with Christ, we actually have a covenant with God that is the same as what Jesus has with him, which is a sonship. It's the difference between Kate and I having a relationship and my son and I having a relationship. So all of these things in the New Testament, all of these promises are yours under that covenant. The blood of Jesus earned all of these things. What are in that covenant in the New Testament? There's health. There's prosperity. There's there's, uh, anything you need that you can ask him for. We certainly don't deserve it, <laughs> right? But Jesus, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, according to Romans 10, 9, and 10, when we accept him, when we say to him, and you guys can say this, once you see the benefits of this covenant, you're going to want this thing. So 
once you say, Jesus, I accept you as Lord of my life, I, I, I believe that you are raised from the dead, and I, and I will follow you everywhere you need me to go, and I accept you as payment for my sins and my shortcomings. Once you do that, you are in covenant with the Almighty God. Now, if you wait until you deserve anything from God, <laughs> you yourself and your own power, not going to be pretty. Going to be a while. All right? However, God actually desires that you ask him for things. Again, let's go back to that sonship thing. Uh, I, I, if, if Ethan comes up to me and asks for something, if it's good for him, I will certainly and without any problem, give it, and I'll enjoy giving it to him. In fact, if he comes to me and he's got ratty shoes on, I'd say, Ethan, what are you wearing ratty shoes for? Well, you know, I didn't know if, if I could ask you for that. What? I'd enjoy buying you a pair of shoes. How much do you enjoy buying your daughter things? <laughs> you know? And that's, that's the same heart. Don't, look, don't think that God's covenant with you is this, I'm going to get you. He's not mad at you. Once you've accepted Jesus Christ and that covenant, the entire New Testament belongs to you. All right, see, now you're, you're going to say, well, you know, even still, yeah. Well, look at Isaiah 43, 25. God says to put him in remembrance of his word, to return his word to him. After you already know his will for you to have something, if he promises it in your covenant with him, he enjoys that you ask him for it. He enjoys giving it to you. And it's his word that he gives it to you. And he's promised it to you. Okay, again, what does this mean? This means health. <laughs> this, this, means, this means provision. And this means all of these things. Any desire that he's given you, you can stand on them. For instance, if you're looking for a good wife, that is scriptural that you have a good wife. That agrees with your covenant with him. So you simply say, Father, I, you know, I'd like a wife. So I'm going to, and it says here in your word that uh, if I find a wife, I find a good thing. So I can actually grab onto that. That happens for children too. If you don't, if you want children and don't have any, you just stand on that. And I know that, that Beth is familiar with, she can probably give you a whole, <laughs> she can give you a whole flurry of scriptures on that one. So this is what faith is. Now, we try and make faith all this mystical woo-woo-woo thing, right? Really, it boils down, in fact, uh, 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 Talon and I were talking about this in the lobby earlier. We're saying for, faith really is, once you've looked at your covenant with God, how much more do you believe God's word and his covenant with you to bless you over the world's ability to hurt you? Which do you believe more? That's all faith is. Fear is the belief in the world and coronavirus, right? Faith is simply saying, Father, I see in your word that I'm healed and that no plague can come nigh my dwelling. Which do you believe? Okay, faith is not. All it is is that you've read the word enough 
You, you know God's covenant with you enough to where you're not afraid anymore. And that's the bottom line of it. Now, in uh, 1 Peter 5.8, the word talks about the rise of the covenant you have with God, you're standing. If you don't stand on that covenant, like in 1 Peter 5.8, it talks about Satan being a lion, roaming around, seeing who he can devour. Well, who is it that he can devour? It's the person that does not have the ability to stand on their covenant with faith enough to where fear begins to prevail, and then that takes them out. Now, all you have to, even if, now, fear, (laughs) I can, in fact, right now, thank you, Father, I can tell that there are some people who would say, well, you know what? I'm afraid I don't have enough faith faith for that. So what do you do? You go to your father, (laughs) and you say, Father, I don't know if I have enough faith for this thing. You know, I'm just going to submit to you. And then he actually, there's actually a gift of faith. There's all sorts of, just run to your father anytime something like that happens. Now, here you go. Have you ever heard the saying, you never know what God's going to (laughs) do? You heard that thing? His ways are mysterious. Well, that's wrong. All right. He tells you exactly what he'll do for you in his word. He t- so if you go into the Word and you find it, that is His will for you. If by with your covenant rights, then you go, Father, I stand on this Word that you have right here. It is mine by the blood of Jesus. I am joint heirs with Jesus. I have a sonship covenant with you that's even better than Abraham's, even better than Moses's. And I receive that in Jesus' name. Now, if you'll notice... When we did this, the prayer from uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10, it is, the sa- it is the way you receive salvation is the same way you receive anything from God. It's the very same process. Do you remember what it said? First, it says, if, if you believe in your heart, all right, so the first thing you do is you simply take the word of God, you believe it. And it was to say, then you speak it out of your mouth. Father, I thank you for you for Jesus, and I just and and I receive him in Jesus' name, and then you receive it. That is the same way that you do anything with this covenant. Now you have to find the promises related to whatever you need. For instance, uh, if you're looking to pray against the coronavirus and you're in worry or fear, you can go to Second Timothy one seven and take a look. At what God has for you. Hey, God, just uh, for you all sitting in here, which uh, which version do you think this is going to be in? <laughs> yeah, well, Darla loves her some Amplified. So here we go. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline in parentheses here, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced, and self-control. Mm. Mm. Okay, now, if any of you are having problems with uh, depression, uh, as well as fear, if you have problems with worry, okay, uh, which is based in fear, uh, but, you know, especially moms, uh, I think, 
they have so much love and there's so many things that they're attached to that they can get into worry very, very, very easily. So what you do is you suddenly, you certainly go into 2 Timothy 1.7 and you say, Father, I see in your word that you give me the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Depression is not a sound mind, right? Fear is not a sound mind. So you know automatically that does not fit in your covenant with Jesus. That is not sonship that you're walking in if you have those symptoms. So then you say, just like you receive salvation, Father, I believe your word says that I have power of a sound mind, that I can go and I don't have to worry. Just FYI, there's a whole bunch of anti-worry scriptures. This just happens to be one. Uh, And then you say, I receive it. Say, I thank you, Father, because I receive it. You say it's mine, I take it. All right? We also know that God's will in our life is to have no disease, like in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. So here we go again, amplified. But, in fact, he has borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we, and this is added in the in the Amplified, ignorantly assumed he, that he was stricken, struck down by God and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him. And by his wounds or stripes, we are healed. So we can take that to the bank. That is our covenant with God. So we can do just what Jesus did anytime Satan tells us anything other than what the Word tells us. Now, those of you that have a tendency to have a problem with, with uh, uh, if you've done something that you're having a hard time forgiving yourself for, uh, if you're working with a problem with fear, with worry, with any of these things, You cannot fight that kind of a situation in your mind. Okay, it will will wear you smooth out trying to get over worry on your own power and in your own mind. What you have to do is to wield your sword, which is your covenant, any time that you get a thought that says you're worthless, You say, oh, no, 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 no. That is not what my father says. My father says that I'm a joint heir with Christ. That's as far from worthless as you can possibly get. You fight those types of thoughts. You fight them with word. If you remember, remember when uh, Jesus was being tempted by Satan? And Satan would say things like, I'll give you the world. What did Jesus do? Every single word out of his mouth was only what his covenant with his father was. He said, oh, I'll, I'm, you know, I don't need anything but what the father gives me. You know, it's basically what he came down with. And then eventually Satan had nothing more to say to him. How much would your worry or your fear or your self-doubt or your self-loathing or your depression or any of these things, how much would you love for that to finally be silent? Okay, that is how this works. You simply go to the scripture, find everything you can find on the problem that you're having. It's in your covenant. You have sonship, right? You read it. You get it into your spirit. You say it out loud. 
And then anytime something comes against you, that's what you do. Now, I'm going to be real again, and that's what I'm, I'm good at usually. <laughs> Maybe you've done all this, and you can't seem to shake the feeling of unforgiveness or the fear and worry doesn't go away. You've done all that you knew to do, and it's still kind of beating on you. Okay, this could be financial. This could be fear. This could be... Uh, I know that if you have something that you've done in your life that you have a hard time forgiving yourself for, then it's really especially hard to get over that because you, you know, you did do it. Now remember that God doesn't remember. Once you've confessed your sins, He doesn't remember them. They're as far as the east are from the west, thrown into a sea of forgetfulness, but you still remember. All right? Uh, depression will do that. It'll come and go, it'll try and beat on you, it'll do these things. First, remember that your feelings aren't real. I mean, if you feel guilty, but God says you're not, guess what? You're not. But that doesn't, what, that doesn't really help, I don't think. But what you may not know is we have a nuclear option. <laughs> all right? We've, we've gone through all this stuff, uh, and, and you say, you know, I'm working on that. You know what? I've got one more step that you can do that there is there no can defend. You know, it's like, no can defend if do right. All right? And, uh, and I, think, I think that's what we have uh, told you that we're going to do. Now, when you take communion, uh, you are actually reasserting your blood covenant with Jesus. You're breaking the bread, which is your healing. You're, you're drinking his blood, which is the basis of, your, of no sin in your life. It's the basis of you being in a sonship covenant with God, and it is absolute. Now, what Darla and I do in these situations, if we have something that we have to, we just have to eliminate it. We have to eradicate it. We have to destroy it, and we have to solve it right now. What we'll do is we'll go and we'll go to this covenant, we'll, and you guys can do this. I know each one of you has something in your life that is nagging. You know what I mean? It's that thing that holds you back. It's that thing that when you try and run the race, you feel like either you're not worthy or you feel like uh, you can't forgive yourself for it or you feel that you don't deserve something, any of these. You can take these as we take communion, if you're saved, and you, and you take communion, you can settle it now and forever. When you take communion and you say, I take this depression, Father, and I give it to you for now and forever, you can say, Father, I take this thing that I can't forgive myself for, and I put it down, and then you take communion. It is settled. It's, it's, a, it's the nuclear plan. It blows it out. It no longer exists. And you can say, that's it. So when Satan comes up to you later after you've taken communion, and he says, you know what? You still did that, and I remember. When something comes, self-doubt comes up to you and says, you're worthless. When depression says, why don't you just roll into bed, crawl into the sheet, and don't come out. You'll say, no, 
I have a covenant with the blood of Jesus. I have brought this to my father. I have laid it on his feet, and I've walked away. And I did it on, what's the date today? The 22nd of March at 11.43, I took care of that. So you have nothing more you can say to me. And I found this to be life-changing in doing this. So all of these things, we're about to take communion. And as we do, take that thing or things. Take it all. Take all the trash to the dump, right? Let's take it. Let's just clean it out. Let's just clean house, all right? And me included, you know? Doesn't everybody have things that you just like to get rid of? Well, now is the time. (laughs) All right. So real quick, and those of you who uh, are online and you've never heard any of this, and if you're not already, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't have this sonship, then the New Testament benefits aren't yours yet, but they can easily be. So here, just real quick, we'll just do, just pray with me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And Jesus, I just, I submit to you. I count you, I just accept you as covering for all of my sins, all of my transgressions. I believe in you. I believe that you are raised from the grave in three days and you took all of, the, all of my things away and left me only a sonship covenant with God. And I thank you and praise that you for that in Jesus' name. Just by accepting that covenant now, you are now eligible to take communion. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dylan's got uh, the the little uh, uh, things of juice, which I've under, always wondered why those things are so small. And uh, my beautiful bride over here has the crackers in the I haven't touched them cups. Thank you, Sam, for getting those for us, by the way. All right, so think while, while we're passing these out. Jesus in, uh, in Luke had all of his believers, or a large portion of them together, all of, his, all of his apostles. And he knew that he wasn't going to be around much longer. Now what communion is, communion is designed to do, when he says, do this in remembrance of me, what he's talking about is he's just saying, forget not these benefits. Forget not that you have sonship covenant with the God of everything. So all we're doing is we're asserting our covenant like God told us to do when he says to to bring his word and return it to him. That's what you're doing. You're saying, Father, I am reasserting my covenant with you and I know that it's everything. And so in Luke 22 in the 19th chapter, well, here, come here, wonderful, beautiful bride, por favor. Oh, for those of you that can't see, this is our touch-proof cup, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant, very nice. I have a hard time keeping six feet away from Darla, though. Mm, mm, mm. After 20 years, I just don't want to... Mm. Oh, and that's another covenant. We'll get into that one of these days, too. Covenant is all about covenants. 
So in Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, uh, Jesus, when Jesus had taken bread and, and given thanks, he took it, he broke it, and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. Now remember, that's healing. That's what that's signifying. So if that thing that's holding you back is something physical, this is the time that you give that up to Jesus. And you say, this is my covenant. This is my right at this point to be healed. According to the, In fact, remember I read that in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. Just a while, just a second ago. That's part of your covenant. And in the same way, Jesus, he took the cup after they had eaten and said, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant. Hallelujah. It's the, boy, I tell you, it's the new covenant ratified, legally ratified in my blood. Take a drink. Now, at this point in time, just take a little time. And whatever the thing or things, the trash that you needed to take out, whatever it is, Father, we submit to you and we praise you and we thank you so much for your son. And we know that we have all of the rights that are in your covenant, Father, and we are exercising them now. So I'm taking this thing in my life and I'm setting it before you and I'm and I'm covering it with the blood of Jesus and with the broken body of Jesus. And I'm calling it over and I'm calling it finished and I'm calling it complete and I'm telling it that it has no power over me whatsoever from this moment on. Praise you, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. And so there you go. There's the nuclear option. You are now clean from head to toe. You're, you, have, you have the right to speak to the, the, the creator of all things on a, on a personal level. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that was a good word, Tim. Thank you. How many of you guys are glad that you don't get what you deserve and that we have Jesus? To save us from that. It's so awesome. And hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time to invite Jesus into your heart, we want to help you out. We want to help you with your next steps, but we can't help you if we don't know. So we've just set up a really easy way for you to tell us. All you do is text the word Jesus to our number, which is 918-373-9883. And then within the next day, we'll reach out to you and guide you through that next step. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to spam you. We're just, we just want to help guide you. Like, we're here for you. We want to help you. So go ahead and text that. They probably have it on the screen there for you so you can see that. <clears throat> now, there's an amazing ministry in Owasso called the Pregnancy Resource Center. They're awesome. And each year, we put our resources together as a church to help them do what they're doing there. And in short, the PRC supports those facing unplanned pregnancy with the goal of giving them the resources and the education that they need to choose life for their baby rather than abortion. I don't know about you, but that's a really great goal. And one practical and fun way we can help the PRC is with our annual baby bottle drive. Basically, you take some bottles home, you fill them up with cash and change, and then you bring them back. 
Obviously, that's a problem right now because I can't take a baby bottle and like throw it through the camera for you guys to get. So we set up a way for you to give online directly towards the baby bottle drive. You'll find that on our giving page. Now, keep in mind, our goal is to raise at least $1,000 for them. And we've done this every year in the past, and we've exceeded that a lot of times. So I know that we won't have any problem with that. It's going to be incredible, y'all. We're here to make a difference, and this is our chance to make a difference by doing something good for the PRC. And I know that there's probably something inside of you right now that like wants to hoard things, you know, because we're in unpredictable times. But the generosity is actually one of the best ways to overcome that fear and put that to rest because that shouldn't be a part of your life. There's no reason for us to hoard toilet paper or like whatever. This is a time for us believers to stand up and be more generous than we've ever been and help those in need. So if you're ready to give to the baby bottle drive or you're ready to give your normal tithes and offerings, here's how you do it. You simply head to the browser on your phone or your computer, type in nolimits.fyi into the address bar and then tap the giving button. It's that easy. Now let's pray over our offering real quick. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity you give for us to give. I mean, it's an honor to to support your work and to see what you're doing through our giving. You take it and you multiply it and you do these amazing things that just blow our minds. And we thank you that you're going to continue to do that. God, I ask that you plant inside each of us as individuals creative ideas on how we can reach out to those around us and be more generous in this season than we've ever been as a church so that we can shine the light in the darkness and so that we can bring peace in the chaos. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you.